everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am Alicia M. Pennington, coming to you live from the Dragonfly Max Podcast Lounge at NATA 2019 in Las Vegas. We're here on the Sports Medicine Broadcast. I'm the host of the Business Advantage, and we have uh, Kent Gaines here with us, and we're going to be talking about challenging the status quo. Uh, and I am so excited to dive into this with him. Um, you're a professor at Indiana State University, and I know you do a lot more at Indiana State University. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you um, in your positions there before we really, we really dive into challenging the status quo. All right, so a little background on me. I am uh, an associate professor and I'm the director of clinical education for the Doctor of Athletic Training program at Indiana State University. I also run the Tactical Athlete Education and uh, Research and Education Center and the Tactical Athlete Care Clinic. So I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And then I also have my side hustle of uh, Kent Games coaching with some right. speaking and, and leadership development work. That's awesome. Yeah. And so um, you and I re have really connected because we are passionate about the idea of um, kind of personal development, challenging the status quo. Um, and I think kind of our uh, connecting point was with Simon Sinek, start with why, right? So um, tell me a little bit about what is your why and maybe how you arrived at it. You know, potentially what processes you went through um, to, to get to that. Right, so my why is simple, to challenge the status quo in athletic training. And it's, it's really manifested itself in a lot of different ways, uh -huh. and it was not an easy path to get to. Right. Um, I, I spent a lot of time barking up the wrong trees, focusing on my what, focusing on what people thought of me, focusing on all of these things. Yeah. That really took me away from my core. Right. But at the end of the day, everything that I'm starting to align my life within is to challenge the status quo of the way it's always been done sure. in, in the profession. Right. And I think what that looks like, uh, or I guess what it didn't look like, yeah. was you know me chasing accolades or mm -hmm. me chasing awards or me ch chasing uh, validation right. from a lot of different people and confusing that with actually making a difference. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that um, that journey is is really, so nobody just arrives, right? And um, for me at least, and I, what I hear you saying, finding the why is as much about figuring out what it isn't as what it is. And I think that you do kind of have to detour down paths that lead you to nothing. You know, you were saying barking up the wrong tree or, um, you know, testing things out that, you know, kind of got to try it on, see how it fits, and if you don't like it, you can take it back off. Like it's, I think that um, as professionals, we think that there's one solid path, or like there's, you know, it, you come out of school and you think you have it figured out of like, this is where I'm going. And at least for me, it was like, you reach some of the, the highest ranks and you think, okay, well, this is it, or, you know, this doesn't feel like how I thought it was going to feel, right? So um, I think that there's, I think that there's a lot to be said about uh, kind of wandering and, and figuring out what that looks like. And uh, sometimes that is chasing the accolades or the validation. And um, so what did that look like for you in figuring out what um, what the validation was for you? Because it sounds like you were seeking it externally and then you figured out how to fight it internally. So what was that process like? Right, uh, so without going off into too much of, of the story, yeah. 
you know, for me, it was really the December 2016. Okay. Um, I had just earned tenure and promotion in four years, one of the youngest people ever to do it at Indiana State University. Wow. I was offered my dream job at my alma mater. Okay. And all of those things happened very, very quickly. Uh-huh. And I looked at myself and I felt my, I, I was trying to see what I was feeling and I felt nothing. I didn't mm. feel any sense of accomplishment. Wow. Any sense of joy. And uh, I shared this earlier with the, at the Your Best, Your Best Yes, but it was a very strange time because it was a moment in most people's careers where you've achieved something that most people will never achieve. Right. And I felt empty. And then that quickly turned into, I'm not enough. Yeah. And I'm not enough to be here. Right. And, and really took me down some dark places. Sure. Because I didn't give myself the permission and I didn't forgive myself to be willing to sample and to try those things without judgment. Wow, that's so, powerful. Yeah, and so that's that was the moment for me when I had to say something's got to change. Yeah, and that's really when I started to explore. Well, really, what am I? Why am I here? Yeah, what, what's what's my role here? And when you say why am I here, do you mean like in life or in that setting or in that position or all of it? Like how existential are we talking? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that I think that it uh, it came from a place of life. Right. right. I had to ask myself questions like, did I live? Did I love? And did I matter? Mm. And I couldn't answer yes to those things on a regular basis. Wow. And, and even though I had accomplished so much and I had really achieved this this high point in, in many people's career, yeah. it felt flatlined. It was lifeless. Right. And I reflected on those questions. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And I couldn't answer yes. Mm. And I couldn't answer yes for a long time. Mm. And I love athletic training. Yeah. It, it is one of the modes by which I meet my why. Right. Um, and so there was a life transformation that happened. Yeah. But then that that kind of manifests itself in my professional life, which right. is a huge part of many people's lives. Absolutely. And finding fulfillment from your vocation. Yeah, um, no doubt. And so challenging the status quo made its way in to into the profession of athletic training and so, into what I do every day. Yeah, it seems like it it became so important to you um, in perpetuity almost because it was what resonated with you in those moments. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there was no one else that could answer that for me because the, the rest of the world was saying, why aren't you happy? Yeah. Why, why don't you, you don't feel accomplished? Like right. give yourself a pat on the back. Right. And it was because I was doing exactly what I was expected to do yeah. with, and I was using all of the talent and the gifts that I have mm -hmm. to use, to do exactly what people expected me to do. I relate, I relate to this on so many levels. I, I, one of the things that I've struggled with is, um, you know, when people do give you those accolades, and even if you feel like you've earned them, um, but I should I should rephrase that. Even if you understand that you've earned them, or you think that you deserve what what it is, you don't feel it, right? So. For me, that's the way I've been able to articulate the distinction between what you're describing, which is on paper and even what people are saying to you, it's what it should be. But when people give that compliment or you get that award or you get that accolade, I don't feel it. Like I don't feel accomplished. I, yes. Am I yeah. nailing it? Yeah, you're nailing it. So, <laughs> so here's the thing that I've, that, uh, as I've talked about this, is your why starts out as a whisper. Mm, right, and, okay. and you have you have to trust 
the voice inside of you, the feeling inside yes, of you yes. that this is right. Absolutely. And the more you allow, the more you give yourself permission yep. to listen to that, yep. the louder and louder and louder that voice, that why becomes. And then eventually you're like, this is me. This is my why. It it's, becomes the, right. the fabric of it's, who it's, you are. It's, it's, not a, it's not a light bulb. It's, right. it's absolutely not, unless there's a huge traumatic event that happens in your life sure. and you're, you're faced with this. But it really is a whisper, and it's about trusting yourself and tuning out the noise. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. That's, that's really, especially when you have people who you respect, mentors, friends, colleagues, telling you all, don't listen to that. And that's what I was going to say is, I think that it starts out as a whisper because we're not listening. Right? So we are distracted by the noise. And the noise can be literal, like you don't find yourself in a quiet environment ever. But the noise can also be figurative of, um, you know, you're, you're pursuing all of these other things. And so your mind, you're, you're tricking your mind into like staying busy or, you know, into reaching for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, and that's something that I've experienced where it's like the journey shows me that the journey is the process, is the purpose, is, and, and that, um, to your point, so I kept arriving and arriving and arriving and thinking, well, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. For me, it was because I wasn't enjoying and appreciating the process. I was putting my head down, barreling through it, thinking that once I got there and then there, and then, you know, just kept going, that I would get that feeling. And once I picked my head up and I immersed myself in the journey along the way, I realized that you're not meant to feel it when you arrive because you've already done all that work. Like the process is really the journey. Right, exactly. It's it's like when a, you know, a farmer doesn't plant corn for himself. Right. right? But the hmm. farmer works and works and works and works and overcomes his challenge, overcomes yeah. challenge after challenge. Yeah. At the end, not to reap the entire harvest. Exactly. But rather to share his lessons or her lessons yeah. from the work right. and the process that they that he or she went through in in creating you know the the harvest for the rest of the world and yeah and i mean that's a great analogy because to your point you know they're not going to keep the corn and the corn isn't necessarily for them and of course they're elated when it actually turns out to be a good harvest because they they can feed themselves and then their families but everything that they learned while they were going through it the the end product is really you're like well of course it would end up that way like i did all of these things to make right. sure like so if we're not paying attention and really putting the value in all the things that we're doing along the way then there's there's just really no way that you're going to appreciate the end result right absolutely so we talked about the why um the how so how uh how is it that you accomplish your why so for me it's helping and encouraging people to shift their mindset yeah. and open up the possibility, right? I think so many of us, I mean, from an athletic training cultural perspective, yeah. uh, from a personal cultural perspective, um, you know, I love my parents. I yeah. love all of the mentors in my life. I love all of the mentors in athletic training. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing a lot of things to protect all of us, to help us move forward. Mm. But, they've, but they've layered their assumptions of how the world works mm. on top of us. Yeah. And so it's encouraging people to move the assumptions away from their face. So it, we, we carry our assumptions yeah. with us so close that we don't realize their assumptions and we take them as fact. It's part of the noise. It's part of the noise, right? right? And so, so my how is encouraging people to shift their mindset by giving themselves the space 
to see that these things, these feelings, these thoughts, these emotions, this mindset are simply assumptions and right. we have control over those. Yeah. We can choose to say, yeah. This this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. Right. They're not it's not fact, yeah. but you have to my my how is to help people give themselves the space to make the decision on their own. Yeah, and um, I love that you I love that you said the word space because um, I'm a yogi, love doing yoga, and one of the purposes of yoga is to create space. Whether that's in your body, whether that's in your mind, whatever, however it manifests itself, one of the purposes of yoga is to create space. And one of the areas that I've found needs more space is the distinction between thoughts and feelings. And to your point of we don't realize that we have control over these things, like the assumptions, we don't realize, well, I won't speak for everybody. I never realized <laughs> that it was my thoughts that led to my feelings, right? So we feel these certain ways, whether it's mad or um, happy or all of those occur. Those are chemical reactions in our body as a result of what our brain is telling us is happening. And the brain is just interpreting information. And so we have the choice to change how we feel if we change our thought patterns. And that was a that was a space where I needed to insert space. Is that kind of similar to what you're saying? That's, that's ex exactly what I'm saying, is yeah. that you have to train yourself because the, there's a situation and there are facts. Yes. And that is what it is. Yes. What happens is we interpret what those facts mean right. based on the assumptions yeah. and our biases and right. our feelings right. towards certain issues. And right. then we apply value to those things. Yes. And so it's about removing the value yes. that we place on some things yep. and we don't place on other things yes. and giving yourself the freedom and the space to make that choice on your own. Yeah. I, again, similar to you, I, I say all the time that we assign meaning, um, whatever's going on and whatever impact or importance or uh, value that we think that it has, we assign that, right? So all of these things that happen in our life, I'm saying to myself, oh, that's meaningful to me. It's, it's meaningful that, that Kent decided to come on my podcast, but that's not a fact. That's that's a feeling, you know? So if you had said, no, Alicia, I don't want to be on your podcast, I could have taken it personally and thought you hate me. And, and then you go down this spiral of all these things that are not facts. And I think that's what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But, but, and when, you, when you've shifted your mindset, you open up the possibility yeah. for radical change in right. the profession, in your life. Yeah. And that, that opens up radical progress. No doubt. You know, it, it, it removes the... It, you remove some of the impediment so you can enjoy the journey a little bit. No doubt. Right? No doubt. You can, you can raise yourself, you can raise your head up and say, yeah, I'm on the journey. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I think um, what you and I have both uh, talked about here is we felt an area of friction and then we felt the need to address that. Do you think that it has to come from an area of friction? I think so. I was like, because I, I, I kind of do. Yeah. I, I think. I think <laughs> like yes. That small absolutely. whisper is there for right. a reason, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like there, there is a there is a moment of dissatisfaction right. in your life, and you know that you're dissatisfied. Yeah. But but the world around you gives yeah. you reason to believe that you shouldn't be dissatisfied. No doubt. Yes. And yes. And again, you know what's right. Right. And only you know what's right. Yeah. But you don't listen. And 
you know, to give an analogy that maybe the, the audience understands, and um, by the way, if you're watching live, if you're listening live, feel free to shoot us questions. Uh, we'll do our best to get them answered. Um, I think an analogy that maybe the audience would appreciate is, uh, let's use like, um, you know, fascia in how it glides along the muscle, right? So nobody is concerned about dressing, addressing uh, myofascial adhesions until they become myofascial adhesions. Nobody's concerned about how is my fascia and, and my muscle gliding along each other until you hit that sticking point. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we're sitting in the exhibit hall right now, there's probably hundreds of products right in front of us that are here to address that type of friction. And so what you and I are talking about is that friction, but happening in the mind internally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just like all of the vendors here and all the exhibitors here, yeah. there are a hundred different ways no to doubt. approach that. So, and that's part of my how is yeah. to encourage people to find what works for them yeah. um, and, and help them sample sample those things. And so, yeah, so then that starts to get into the what, right? So um, for, for anybody who's unfamiliar, Simon Sinek, start with why. Um, if you can picture like a target. So the, the very inner circle is why you do one kind of larger circle around that. That's the, um, the how. And then the larger circle around that is the what. And so um, we've addressed the why, we've addressed the how. So the what can show itself in, to your point, hundreds of different ways what are ways that it's shown up for you in your life or right. even for, for other people? For, for me, it's shown up by, you know, the why is challenging the status quo. Yeah. The how is by challenging the mindset and giving yourself the space to make radical change. Yeah. The what for me, developing the DAT program, right? Mm. Working with colleagues to develop the DAT program and advocate for that hard. Right. 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 And not be ashamed when you hear the, the naysayers. Yes. It's about really spearheading some of the work with tactical athletes, mm -hmm. working from our foundation and respecting the fact that it's our foundation, but it's not our roots, mm. right? The difference between a foundation and roots, you're tied to your roots and sure. you're built from your foundation. Ooh, so it's about cool. building from your foundation, but yeah. not being tied to, yeah. what, to what we've always done in the past. Right. Um, and really working from what some of the leaders have done in terms of tactical athlete care and formalizing that uh -huh. so it can be replicated right right so we right. can improve the care there and you know it can be it can be other things right some of the some of the mindset training that that I that I've worked with yeah it's manifested in itself in my side hustle like in yeah. my side business totally because that's I, again I was challenged I was challenged with here's my why Here's how I want to do it. Yep. And the what does that look like? I'm reaching 25 students a year, 50 students a year in our program. Yeah. And I have this gift and I have the abilities and I know how to expand that what yeah. to, to increase the net and make it more inclusive. Right. Right. And so that's how it manifested itself in in uh, some of my coaching, some of my speaking. Right. Uh, this podcast. Yeah. Right. And, and, and really... The, the opportunities are limitless because your what can be whatever you want. Any medium. Any, any, any medium, it can be any avenue as long as it ties back to your why. Well, and so, yeah, I want to make a, I want to pause here and point out the reason that we structured this conversation the way that we did is to address the why and then the how and then the what. All of the things that you just said are things that, anybody could do. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way of the work that you've done, but I mean it from when you're just looking on the surface, 
those are things. Those are the things that end up on their resume. And so if someone had started with the what and all of the things that you just described, they could have meant nothing. And so I want to I want to give that tangible example for the people that are listening and they're like, what are these people talking? You know, like, right. oh, he was on this journey and then he found that like that is a very tangible example of it you have um, your your what's now and you feel fulfilled by them because you did the work to find the why and to figure out the how. You could have been doing the what's the entire time. And anybody can be doing the what's mm -hmm. all the time, but it's not it's not going to resonate, it's not going to bring the value, it's not going to be all of the things that keep us going in life if the why isn't there. Absolutely. A what without a why is not selfish. And you need to be Explain selfish. That. Yeah. So so Alicia, you were talking about we need the why to keep us going. Yes. And uh, <laughs> In athletic training, we hear these stories about all of these people who work so hard, who give so much of themselves mm. and then get burnt out, they get cynical and they leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And th that's a common story in athletic training. It's a very common storyline. And yeah. I would argue that the individuals who are on that path yep. are focusing on the what. Oh, it's, no doubt. It's about the, oh, no it's about the next promotion. Yes. It's about the next title. It's yes. about making, it's about validating myself so I feel valued yes. by giving up my space. I see what right? you're saying. And yep. so yep. all of those things are happening from a selfless perspective. Yes. And selflessness, we are all servants of, in athletic training. We are a service profession. We have a servant's heart. Right. But too often we put the servant part of us ahead yes. of ourselves. Yes. And that's yes. dangerous. It absolutely is. I mean, that's what leads to burnout. And I mean, with many other contributing factors and not singularly. Um, and, and, this is something that I've felt strongly about for a long time, that selfishness is not negative. I mean, literally, you know, if you believe in um, the way that we've all come to be, like the, the people who have survived um, have, have done so because they've put themselves first. Either that, you know, hunters and gatherers or the reason that we have evolved as a species and, and we've gotten to where we have in part is because we've been selfish and it's, um, there is selflessness and, and um, there are absolutely balances and, and, and aspects of that that have to be in there. But to your point, if you're just selfless, you're literally not going to survive. And whether that's your professional career or as a life, like you're, you're not going to survive if you're just giving and giving and giving and giving. Absolutely. And, you know, I would even take that a step further is that you can be selfish to be selfless. Right? Yes. And we need to reframe our thoughts around selfishness. It's yes. one of those assumptions that have been applied to us. Absolutely. That selfishness equals bad. Right. I'd like the audience to reconsider and say, every time you hear selfish, use the word self-care. Mm -hmm. Replace selfishness with self-care. Self yeah. And, and when we're able to do that... We're able to cut through our excuses, yep. right? How many of us have always wanted to take care of our health? Yeah. And we as athletic trainers say, I don't have time right. to eat healthy. Right. I don't have time to get to the gym. I don't yep. have time for my mental health, my spiritual health. Yep. If you just shift that a little bit and say, I'm not making my health a priority. Right. Right. Because that's what you're actually doing. Right. Yeah. Because I don't have time is selfless. Because yes. you can rationalize giving your time to someone else. Right. Right. But if you say, my health isn't a priority, that's a selfish perspective. Yes. But it's a perspective that of will create change. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, a perspective yeah. of self-care. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> the, the, the old adage of... Um, 
when you know you fill up your cup and then you can fill up someone else's. And I heard a, a kind of a spin on it recently where um, if your cup is full and completely overflowing, you will endlessly be able to give to others as opposed to pouring yourself into another person. When you're pouring yourself into someone else, you're emptying your own self as opposed to just continuing to fill up yourself and then it overflows to everyone else. So shifting that verbiage a little bit, um, you know, semantics matter with that kind of stuff. So um, making it, you know, self-care instead of selfish. And so I think that um, that gets us into, you did a, a talk called Your Best Yes. And tell me a little bit about what that was and, and kind of the message of it. So the bottom line message is that we have to choose to nurture ourselves mm. to find fulfillment in our life. Yeah. And in order to choose what your best yes is, you must have three things. Fulfillment, mm -hmm. purpose, and opportunity. Ah, That's okay. how you choose your best yes. Okay. Because you have a purpose that may just be your what. Sure. Maybe not be your why. Right. You have an opportunity. You say yes. Yeah. Right? And all you're doing is filling up the, your CV. That's all your, your, your resume. No That's doubt. all yep. you're doing. Yep. And if you, if you neglect the fulfillment aspect of your life, yeah. you will, you are more likely to make decisions that you know, deep down inside are not for you, yeah. but are for someone else. And yeah. so the talk really went through 11 actionable items Ooh. that we can take today to start to retrain our mindset. Okay. And find fulfillment and change change the narrative around selfishness yeah. and, and flip it on its head. I'm taking a self-care day. Yeah. Right? That, that sounds a lot better than I'm just going to be selfish today and take a day for myself. Right, right. I mean, the connotation on that's very different, um, not only in how we say it to ourselves, but how other people perceive it when we say it out Absolutely. loud. Absolutely. And I can say that um, there have been moments where I've emailed you and I love your out of office reply. I'm probably going to steal it to some extent. When you email him and he's out of office and it's, you know, spring break or even for this, you know, this um, uh, conference, the first thing you do is you acknowledge the person. You say, I, you know, thank you for messaging me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your consideration of, of getting in touch with me. However, <laughs> and then, you know, it goes into one or two sentences about I'm prioritizing me right now. And, um, I think, you know, not only is it very well worded, but it also, it disarms somebody, right? So it's not just, uh, you know, I don't care about you and I'm doing me and I'll just get back to you whenever I can. But it's also not just strictly business. It's not just out of office, I'll get back to you when I can. There's this message that people start to understand, like he values himself, but he also values me and both of them are happening simultaneously. He's not putting me over him. He's not putting him over me. And it's it's just beautiful. So um, I think that that's probably just one, um, you know, small way that you practice it. Absolutely. Steal it. Feel free to steal it. Anyone can email me and steal it. Yeah. Uh, it's a permanent away <laughs> message. It. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you also did a talk, uh, I think it was with young professionals or potentially students. I think it was with the students. With the students, okay. Um, on put your oxygen mask on before helping others. What was that about? That was about, again, this idea of self-care yeah. and radically changing the way we perceive ourselves and what we do as servants every day. Yeah. That uh, many of us flew here and 
a message, regardless of if you fly Southwest or Delta or any other airlines, is put your oxygen mask on first yep. before helping others. Yeah. And it's kind of like the overflowing cup or lighting a candle. Like you have to take care of yourself before you take care of those people who also may not be able to take care of themselves. That's a really good point. That's 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 really the key because yeah. without the oxygen flowing you can't help anyone maybe you can help two or three people immediately around you yep. and then you're going to suffer from oxygen deprivation and yep. you're going to be burnt out <laughs> yeah. or what, what however you want to apply the analogy yeah um but what that talk was all about was working through that in terms of this idea of life work balance or this idea of life work integration yeah and i will say that one of the ways I'm challenging the status quo is to say that that's impossible. That yeah. Life work, because to build anything of meaning right. or to build anything of purpose, you must be off balance. Absolutely. You know, right, I think there was right. a TED talk about being off balance on purpose. Right, and right. Again, it's about the why. Yes. It's not about the what because we can fill our lives with busyness. No doubt. Absolutely. No we doubt. can go to bed tired. Uh, we can go to bed overwhelmed. But, and that's where many of us get the misconception of I'm, un I'm unbalanced. Yeah. Well, of course you're going to be unbalanced. If you're balanced, you're dead, right? Yeah, yeah sure, right? sure. And, and if you were balanced, it's eight hours, eight hours, and eight hours. Yeah. And that's just not how it works. Right, right. I mean, definitely the word balance, I think, is is used loosely. And, and there have been, um, you know, I think other iterations of it to, to further emphasize, because again, semantics matter. Like, if we're talking about balance, it's eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. So um, I do think that there's been, uh, like I said, other iterations that have been introduced. Absolutely. But the point is that, you know, like so professionally for me, um, I've had to go all in on the professional and the career side of things to, you know, build my own business and do all these things. And then the personal could, could come over or, you know, there's moments where I just put a complete pause on the professional and then you go into the personal and, we had another guest on earlier who's an athletic trainer um, in the NFL, and he does a phenomenal job of, of balancing things. And that was his point is you turn off the phone, you walk away, you you have to shut down sometimes. And that's also a way that we avoid burnout. Yeah, you have to give yourself permission yeah. to engage or yourself per permission to ignore. Right. Right. That's that that is what it's all about it's about permissions but we 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 give ourselves logical arguments yeah. for emotional decisions that we make no doubt and no and, doubt. and we we want to flip it because it, we're more comfortable with logic yeah we can ration it we, away we can, yeah, yeah exactly yeah so yeah that's um yeah it's it's about balance it's it's about disrupting that idea of balance because just like you you said it's it's not about the product, right, right? Right. You went all in because you understood that was the journey. Yeah. And you have to take massive action. Yes. In order to engage with your why. Yeah. You, if you have your why, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like at a spiritual level. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice You'll to go. You continue to feel that friction. Right. To yeah. go to go half in. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that um, I've noticed out of the Indiana State program is a lot of your graduates and even current students that are talking about this kind of thing and feeling this way. And um, I think it's one of the things that sets you guys apart. Is that majority of your work or, I mean, I guess, I guess my question is, it's unique to find an employer that values these types of discussions and these mindsets because um, 
they, they don't usually. So how have you been able to integrate that into uh, your career, your work, not, not just from a fulfillment perspective, but like actually your employer and talking to students and kind of normalizing this conversation, if you will. It's really hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bottom yeah. line. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Alicia, really what difficult. you're saying is yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there are, uh, again, a hundred ways to do it. Totally. How yeah. we've chosen to do it and how I've specifically chosen to do it is to integrate something called the mastermind concept Ooh, or a master class okay. concept, yep. personal yep. development, professional development. And really it's about, again, it's, uh, sorry, if there's any listeners under the age of 10, you may want to turn it off for the next <laughs> couple minutes. Yeah. But it's really about breaking down the story of Santa Claus, mm. right? Because it's a perfect, it's, it's a really good analogy okay. for how we can make change in our own lives and how we can integrate these things, right? Okay. When we were children, the uh, majority of American children believed at one point in their life that a big guy in a red suit came down a chimney and yes. brought you a lot of toys. Yes. That is, and that was fact. Ab no I, doubt. No, you, no way that was not fact. Yeah, absolutely. That was yeah. the only <laughs> explanation. There were, Obviously. Parents not involved at all. Not involved at all, no. The, and then you have the bully or the big brother yeah. or the big sister. Someone burst your bubble. Who, who, who tells you this, and then you start to question yourself. Uh-huh. And it may have been in June, right? And then you forget about it. But that first Christmas, mm. after you were told, like, hey, you know what? Santa Claus isn't real. You hope. Like in your soul, yeah, you're like, you're like, so please, true. like you yeah. know, you go to bed and you're like, oh, come on, please come be on, this, Santa, right? You got and me, then, right? Yeah. right? And, and then, and then, anyway, you, you develop and you mature and you find out that you know what, Santa Claus wasn't real, sure. But you have a, a a a higher level of understanding that that's never what the holidays were about. Mm -hmm. It was about being close to each other. It was about feeling loved, right? And and yes, you may have expressed that, or you, or your parents may have felt that by giving you gifts or cookies or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but that's not what it was not about Santa Claus at all. It the was expression about expression of it wasn't right. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's about breaking down that story, and we use that story a lot. Yeah. Because it's it makes a lot it's, of it's really difficult to implement these things and it's not something again it's not a switch it's something that we work on the entire two years right. and we have a culminating mastermind experience That's that cool. is intensive personal development yeah i'm sure and many of our our listeners have spent thousands of dollars to come to this trip yeah and they spend thousands of dollars every year on professional development yes my challenge is spend a quarter of that money on personal, personal development. development i'm here and, and that's here with you. you know buy a book buy an audiobook yes go to Watch a TED Talk. Watch a TED Talk. Yeah. If, if, you are, if you are close to the coasts or if you're close to the Midwest for certain ones, go to events that do not have anything to do with your professional life. Yes. But the purpose is to help you shift your mindset. Right. To be around people who are on different levels of your path. Maybe yes. people who are in front of you and people who are behind you in your path. Yeah. So you can learn and teach those people while you're at these events. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the things that early on we got some attention for was capping our graduate assistants at 28 hours. Mm -hmm. You will stop working at 28 hours, right. period. Right. And the it was funny because the athletic trainers were the ones that were the biggest imped impediment. Yeah. Yep. And we put ourselves as our own barrier. We all talk about, I want more time to myself. Yep. I want more time to do things. And then when you're presented with an opportunity, it challenges the, the story yes. that to be a valuable athletic trainer, yes. you must work 
hours upon hours upon hours. That is definitely an agreed upon understanding within our profession. And I would go, I would take that a step further and say, there's a level of shame that is associated with and is um, put on to someone that doesn't do that. And we want to wag our finger or um, point out the people who aren't doing it, despite the fact that majority of our, our profession is saying that we're trying to move towards that. And so it's a perfect example of we don't, we, we want what we don't have, but then when we get it, we don't know what to do with it. And it, it, I think it's like the culmination of everything we've talked about with how, how do we um, advocate for ourselves? How do we um, make sure that we're putting ourselves first? How do we accomplish all of these things and this opportunity is put in front of you and then you know you're just like wow, what do I do with this you know yeah yeah it's you know there, there and there are so many other little things that we can all do right write down yeah. three things you're grateful for right that gives you the space yeah, gratefulness practice is really to, cool. to understand that you know I have some challenges in my life yeah but on the lit if I had to list all eight billion people on this planet even on my worst day I'm doing pretty good no doubt right so um in your talks, in your work, do you feel like there's penetration with this message? Do you feel like people want to know more about this? Do you, or, or do you feel like it's landing on deaf ears? I believe that it is, it's landing and it's penetrating. Uh-huh. I think the challenge is, particularly at events like this right. or other athletic training events, Again, we go in with the mindset, I'm going to gain professional development. Totally. And I'm going to invest my time in learning about ACL tears sure. or ACL rehabilitation. Sure. And so part of challenging the status quo is to go into situations in which you know you will be disadvantaged. Yeah. Like, and, and, and then deliver and, and make it and add value to the individual who have invested the individuals who have invested time and money yeah. and energy in showing up to that presentation right to exceed their expectations yeah. because they probably don't have any expectations sure. coming in sure but to blow those out of the water yeah and I do think that it does resonate in athletic training uh -huh. because as a profession our story is that we are not enough. Right. I'm right. just an athletic trainer. Just. I'm mm -hmm. like a, this other profession. Yeah. That, yep. that is our story. Yep. That is absolutely yep. our story. Absolutely. And we, as we, we were born from sport. Yeah. And as we transition to healthcare, yep. again, we're, we're, we, we, we want to stay connected to our roots. Yes. And radically changing that is to say, no, I respect our foundation. Right. But we have to fundamentally shift ourselves. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's hard because we have to change the narrative that we are enough. That's really and, cool. And Absolutely. No, I don't care what your athletic director says. I don't care what your coach says. Yeah. I don't care what your patients say. Right. I yeah. value. I value. And and a good, mindful, self-aware individual can integrate that information. Yep. But your judgment of me does not influence the value that I am enough and we Inherently, collectively yes. are enough yes. as athletic trainers. Absolutely. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and then it, 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 it manifests itself. The feeling of not enough manifests itself individually because within the profession, we start to find ways to validate ourselves that we are enough. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned shame earlier. Right. Right. So we say, well, I'm enough because I work 
all these hours. Exactly. Or I'm enough because I work for this division. I one, was going to say, or the, or the association that you know, right. professional or D1 or these things that right. we are. Or you're just you're just a secondary school right. athletic trainer. Right. Or you didn't pass the BOC exam on the first time. Exactly. Right. Like we 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 have these little things. Yeah. That again, these I think assumptions these that assumptions that we attached onto, and we agree right. as a professionally as a profession or as a society, we've agreed our facts. And they're not. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so to that's. bring it all full circle. Bring it yeah. all full circle. And, yeah. and my message is simply when you have those feelings and you have those thoughts or you feel things that are facts, give yourself the space. Love it. To look at it. And then you can challenge the status quo yeah. and blow your mind. So now we can make more progress forward together no as enough. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think that. We've covered so much here and um, it's it, it's been great. And so uh, if anybody wants to listen back, if they want to find this uh, as a recording, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash challenging the status quo, challenging status quo. Um, Kent, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I could talk to you forever about this and maybe we will on another episode, but um, I really appreciate the insight that you're sharing. I want to honor the work that you've done to arrive at this space because uh, it's not easy um, and it's also not easy to talk about. So I appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and open up about this. I know that it's something that as human beings we need, but especially as a profession we need. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely.